following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? We are back. Another a brand new episode of Offense, Defense, and Discourse. Mike Jones, John Brown back in the building together again. Would you call this like the season premiere? Honestly, you know what? The show debuted around this time mm-hmm. last yeah. year, right around the start of football season. Yeah. We started with our football preview show. Mm-hmm. And... This would have to be okay. This like, would have like to be the is, start of season two. We're coming like back from two, our little yeah. summer break, couple yeah. weeks off. Yeah. Thanks everybody for sticking with us and being back. Good Lord, I appreciate that. Thank you to uh, thank you to Lance J Radio for like not giving our slot away <laughs> to somebody else. Shout out to those dudes, you know, because they could have easily just gave, you know put out another day with with Lance and uh, Rampage. Uh, True, but I'm, I'm sure they thought about it. Like oh, these dudes ain't been here for like two weeks. We got to cover this stuff with something. Uh, they know we're coming back. They, they knew it. They, they need more John Brown. Uh, uh, look, I appreciate that. <laughs> you ain't got look. You ain't got to gas me up. I, I'll take it though. Oh uh, man, but it's football season. Oh my goodness, yes. This, see, this, this is, is the, when it, this mm. is when it gets fun to start talking sports because you it's, know you got football right mm. now. Then in another month or two, you got hockey and basketball, college mm. football, college basketball. See, this is the this time of the year is the most bittersweet because you and I have talked about it before. We are both fans of summer. I am a summer fan. I I, like the summer. I like summer. I will take being hot over being cold any day. Absolutely. You know, there have been some hot days in the Northeast so far this summer. There's been about four or five heat waves, couple 95-degree days, couple almost 100-degree days, and I will take that over those single-digit days, those 15-degree days, whatever. But it's bittersweet because you're excited because football season is upon us. Most teams, well, teams are playing preseason games. By the time you hear this show on the radio, most teams will have either played a preseason game or they're going into their first preseason game, you know, over over this coming weekend. Well, let's be honest about something, though, John. What's up? No one actually cares what happens on the field. No, this you, week. no, you don't. Other, well, than, other well, than aside from injuries, no. you care if one of your favorite players gets yeah. hurt. Well, other I'm, than that, this true. week, the week one of the preseason, if your starters play, if they play one drive, because teams are trending towards guys don't play at all. Yeah. If they play one drive, that's literally all you're going to get. The quarterback hands it off twice, mm-hmm. maybe throws once for five yards, mm-hmm. and he's go- he's out of there. Well, it's, it's like this. Well, I guess the point I was making was. It's bittersweet because football is here. You know it's here. Mm-hmm. But that also means summer is almost over. Absolutely. But as far as preseason, the actual playing. I just had to actual, throw that out there. Yeah. Nobody actually cares what yeah. happens well, it's like, the preseason. It's, it's like you're sitting there and you're excited. You're like, oh, my God, football's here, football's here, football's here, football's here. And then you get like three minutes into a preseason game and you're just like, oh, my God, what else is on t- television? Mm-hmm. You're like you're excited, you know, your team is out there on a the field. You know, most of them are have pads on. Maybe your your absolute favorite player still has a baseball cap and just a jersey on Probably. or whatever. But still like the excitement it reaches like a fever pitch 
then they actually start playing preseason football, and then you realize it's preseason football. Well, the the excitement for me isn't about preseason football, though. Mm -hmm. It's the anticipation of the regular season. Yeah, yeah. Preseason football is meaningless. Oh, yeah. Like, as far as, like... We, you and I are Eagles fans. The Eagles mm-hmm. play Thursday night. Yes. The Thursday night game is like, eh, whatever. If I watch it, mm-hmm. I don't watch it. Mm-hmm. Who cares? But knowing that we're 32, 31 days, 31 days away mm-hmm. from week one of the regular season actually kicking off games that matter, mm-hmm. that just – and that is where the NFL – is able to so easily maintain its spot as king. Mm. NFL, they make every regular season game an event. Any and every loss could potentially ruin your season. Mm. And they're only one a week. NBA, I mean, technically every game matters. You could miss the playoffs by one One game, game, but... You have 82 chances to make it. 82 games. Mm-hmm. You're probably looking at three to on three, no, two, two, two to five a week, yeah. honestly. Well, they got rid of a many, as many back-to-backs mm-hmm. in two and three days and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, so you're still talking probably two, two to, three, to four yeah, a week. Two to four games a week. Usually yeah. two to three, sometimes four on a busy week. Mm-hmm. And while some of, the, some of the games are good, you're usually, as far as national games, games that are televised, one or two marquee games. Mm-hmm. Per week, if you're I mean, on a busy week, you might get three or four really good games mm-hmm. where the top teams are playing each other. And yeah. but we talked about this before: how when you're watching football, especially with football, you're more likely to watch an entire game, including with two that features two teams that aren't your team. Like, say your team, if your team is playing a one o'clock game on a mm-hmm. Sunday. Chances are you'll stay and watch that four o'clock game. Mm-hmm. Even oh, though, I'm gonna watch you know, the four o'clock game. Yeah. I'm gonna watch the eight twenty game. Yeah. I'm gonna watch the Monday night game. Yeah. I'm gonna watch the Thursday night game. You, I'm, I'm watching all are, the games. Are you really gonna watch the Thursday? I night watch game? Thursday night games. All of them. I watch all of them. All of them. All of them. Okay, so you now if it's the game gets ugly and it's a blowout at halftime, mm-hmm. I might go to bed because you know mm-hmm. it's Friday morning still. Yeah. But I at least started out watching that game. Yeah. And if it's a good game, I'm watching to the end. Mm. I think of the four games, we'll see, uh, five. We'll see five games you might see during a week, unless mm-hmm. you have if you have the NFL. Uh, if you have the package, if you have the package or whatever, you know, one o'clock game, four o'clock game, eight o'clock game, Monday night game, Thursday game. Mm-hmm. Thursday Thursday's game probably is, is the it, most disappointing product. Yeah, and You're on one, a short, short week, guys aren't always. Mm-hmm all the way fresh, ready to play, game planning yeah. and installing the gameplay yeah. was done in a crunch if, time period. If there's a game that I'm going to miss, it's going to be a Thursday night game. One o'clock game, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Four o'clock game, I'm in. My Eight fa- o'clock game, I'm in. Monday night, I'm in. My favorite are, my favorites are actually the 9 a.m. games oh, in I'll, London. See, you wake give, up. Give, give me some more of that one. I agree with wake that. Wake up football. Yes, wake up football. I Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I am there for that. I I like that too. I like that a I lot. I mean, some t- now sometimes they try and throw you the okie doke. Throw t- like 
especially those. It's better because it seemed like Jacksonville always would be willing to take that game, mm-hmm. and Jacksonville has been a better team over the last, you know, the last season. two or three years. Last they've two or three been, teams, they've, they've been, been on the way up. Their yeah. defense has been very good. Blake Bortles is Blake Bortles, yeah. but this year they have Nick Foles, who mm-hmm. should be an improvement at the quarterback position. But you know what I'm saying? Early in the, you know, those like five years ago when they are playing that London game and it would always be Jacksonville versus somebody, you're like, mm, 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 mm. but but now you're know, getting better. Yeah, it's, it is. It's definitely, it's definitely getting, getting, getting better. better. Last year the Eagles played uh, mm-hmm. in the game. So it was, it was something worth watching. And that was fun for me, wake yeah. up Eagles football. That exactly. was even better. You're, so you, you, especially because do you find watching football hard after your team has lost? Your team loses the – when your team loses the one o'clock game, do you feel like watching the four o'clock game? Depends on who's playing. Okay, but it does get harder. Yeah, like because I'm upset not just with my team, I'm upset with the sport. Yeah, like yeah. football's dumb. Yeah, <laughs> like my team no, loses. Exactly. Football's stupid. Football's a stupid <laughs> sport when your team loses. Football. See, and that's and and that goes to the point that you made a couple of minutes ago. Whereas, you know, football is an event once a week. Mm-hmm. It's Sunday. Your team loses on Sunday, your week is jacked up. At least till Wednesday. Yeah. But that being said, we're going to try to help out your week this week. Okay. With our football preview show. Okay. We got a good this. show going. We're let's, let's, we going to talk football today. Second, and then second hour, we're going to get to a good friend of ours, guest Jeff Mosher, Eagles beat writer. Yes. But coming up now, we're going to start with, from the Nashville Voice, mm-hmm. Mike Patton. You ready to go ahead and get Mike? We're going to get Mike and Patton on the line. Okay. Take a quick break. Okay, let's take a let's, Yeah, let's do this. We got to get him on the line. We got uh-huh. we, we, we to find him. We got to find him. We so got to find him. We'll take a quick him. break, so, get yeah. Mike on the line. We'll be right back. Okay. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. The construction Tims are classic in Philly they and are. New York. They are. Connecticut. James Lewis. Never been to Connecticut, man. Connecticut, Jersey, you definitely from Uptown, New York. You definitely Manhattan, from New York if you shout it out Connecticut. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, Tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we are back from our break. We mentioned we had our first guest joining us from the Nashville Voice, Mike Patton, talented sports writer, always with a good opinion. And I'm looking forward to I, what he has to say. I, I, I don't know. Last time we had Mike on, last time we had Mike Patton on the show, he was talking about how Bryce Harper wasn't going to uh, live up to his contract. And then I think he jinxed Bryce Harper. <laughs> I think Mike jinxed Bryce Harper and it's Mike Patton's fault. 
that the Phillies are having the season that they're having. Had he not written that article? No, I'm pretty sure that still blame <laughs> lies on the pitching staff. But Bryce, his look, ding, has, ding, ding. I'm not here. <laughs> look, I'm not here for your sensibility right now. I don't need your sensibility or your accurate uh, analysis. I want to blame Mike Patton. Mike, it's your fault, buddy. Uh, I blame you, man. <laughs> I w- that's why we're talking AFC with him, not <laughs> NFC, because I don't want him to jinx the Eagles. Oh, man. But, so, I actually got a good talk about the Eagles, actually, but that's that's another story. <laughs> oh, well, we might have to ask you about that before you get out of here. Oh, yeah. But with you being in Nashville, let's go ahead and start in the AFC South. We're looking oh, at boy. Houston, the Colts. The Jaguars, who have a new quarterback that we up here in Philly are familiar with. I've never heard of him. And, of course, the Nashville <laughs> Titans. What Tennessee. Um, I, I, the tennis, I said Nashville. It hasn't been Nashville Titans in a while, has it? Was it ever? T- <laughs> it was. Oh, they first- nah, it was the, the only Nashville team we had called is the Nashville Cats, and that was an arena league team. Oh, uh, um, oh well, excuse what me, is- the Tennessee Titans. Let me get. <laughs> I have no issue being corrected. The Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. So, with that di- with that division, it actually does look to be shaping up to be a fairly competitive division this yeah. year. First, let me ask you about Nashville, Tennessee, the Titans. I, your team in your area. What do you see from them? Do you think Mariota is actually? going to finally take that step into being a consistent quarterback that can lead a winning team? Well, the jury's still out there, and we're, we're you know, still watching and waiting. But one thing you do notice is that Mariota looks a little bigger this year. He does. Uh, last year, last year, what happened is he, they wanted him to put on weight, but he didn't do it. I don't think he really wanted to do that, but I think he took their advice this year, uh, put on some weight, and hopefully that helps him uh, in terms of enduring the hits on the field. Maybe a little loss because of mobility. Because he hasn't played, played a full season the entire time. Yeah, maybe a little sacrifice of mobility to increase durability is what we're hoping. Uh, yeah, that's what any Titans fan is hoping, or they're hoping uh, they know what they have in him and he can be gone if uh, they don't you know, they don't figure that out. But I, I honestly don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, but, you know, it kind of this story – of Marcus Mariota reminds me a little bit of Steve McNair mm. because when, before Steve McNair came to Nashville, you know, people were kind of iffy about him starting playing for the Titans, being a Titans, uh, Titans franchise quarterback. When he came here that first year uh, that, that they were here in Nashville, that's when people knew right then and there, when he came back from the sternum injury, mm-hmm. that's when people knew right then and there, he was going to be the man at quarterback. So, now you uh, you brought up the fans, and you brought up fans kind of thinking that it might be time to move on from Marcus Mariota. Are they really there at that point? Are are the fans of the Titans at that point now where they've? It's kind of like, all right, you know, you got to crap and get off the pot. Are you are you are they ready to move on to say, hey, you know what? Maybe this is not the guy. After the Jake Locker issue that that happened <laughs> in his short-lived career here, I could say that the Titans fans are definitely thinking this could potentially be it. This is a make-or-break season for Mariota in a lot of, of fans' eyes. Now, I mean, so this I mean, is his what fifth season he's about to go into now. 
What's that? I said this Mariota is about to go into what his fifth season now. It's uh, I think it's year four. Year four, because it just see, I mean, it just seems now nah, this has to be year five because he was a draft ahead of Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz is about to go into his fifth season. I mean, fourth season. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. But, so this but, is year five for Mariota. I mean, doesn't that it, doesn't it seem early? It, or I mean, I I, I guess. Uh, like, I would it just say seems this about ex- Mariota. It seems kind of ex- extreme, and, and and that's coming from me I, being a Philly fan because I'm quick to you know, you know, put, call for the hook for somebody. <laughs> but wow, you know. I I would say this about Mariota. The thing was his first, you know, his first couple couple years here. You can see the trajectory going up, but the last couple of years, you can just be like, okay, what's going on? He's been kind of uneven. He hadn't been able to stay healthy, you know, combined, combined him being uneven with not being able to stay healthy, and that's been a huge issue. If he can get the durability figured out, along with uh, being able to find, uh, you know, his receivers a little bit quicker when they're open, because, you know, that has been an issue in terms of uh, him actually looking at receivers and kind of looking them down or waiting too long to throw the football, those type of things, mm-hmm. he's got to let it go. He's, you know, he's definitely a quarterback that's conscious of things, but sometimes he's overly conscious, and that's an issue. But the big thing for him is, is Delaney Walker will be back this year. So that's a huge thing for him. A real, a real go-to type of target that he can play with. I, I think he is the type of quarterback who will benefit greatly from having – that real number one potential target. But let's shift gears a little bit. Let me ask you about the rest of the division. Houston, Jacksonville, the Colts. Those are, depending on who you ask, the three teams that are expected to compete for that division title. What do you see happening at the top of that division this year? Well, all three teams got question marks. I'll tell you that. As far as the uh, the Colts, the same old question mark is is Andrew Luck going to be healthy all year? He's he's dealing with a calf injury right now. Some people are just uh, poo pooing it and they're like, eh, he's not really going to do anything. He'll 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 be okay when the season comes around. But other people are really, you know, thinking about that because of his injury history. I've actually so heard it compared to Kevin Durant's calf injury. When I have he, not heard heard that one, the, but the, not before the ten, before the one that en- ended his finals. The one, the initial one that had him out for several weeks when he tried to come back. Okay. I've heard it compared to that type of calf injury, which I of course I'm not a doctor, haven't seen any reports, I don't know. But if it's that, that sounds scary to me. Right, definitely does. But you know, with Andrew Luck's history, it makes it even scarier. I think their defense will still be, you know, keep them in ball games, but. For them to take it to the next level, they need Andrew Luck because he, he's the ultimate deodorant of their offense. He covers up any mistakes or anything like that with the offensive line or whatever. It makes it happen. So if he's not healthy, that's going to be an issue. As far as the Texans, you have to wonder, is this Jadavion Clowney issue going to, going to uh, affect him uh, this year as well? You know, definitely uh, he's a defensive end and a linebacker, but they're trying to pay him. Like he's a linebacker, not a defensive end, but he he played defensive end more than anything. But you know that's an issue there. And then also you have to think they lost uh, Tyron Matthew to the Chiefs, mm-hmm. who's playing safety, and whoever's playing safety can he step up to the level that Matthew did? 
So that'll be an issue as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see how their defense does if they've been lights out uh, for, you know, majority of the time that J.J. Watts, you know, for the last few years been, you know, kind of lights out. And then, uh, of course, uh, Deshaun Watson. I mean, honestly, besides uh, – I honestly think that Deshaun Watson, if he can stay healthy, if he's if he's the healthiest quarterback in that division, he'll, he'll be the best quarterback in that division because I don't buy – that Andrew Luck is going to be healthy the entire year. I just don't buy it right now. And, and I've noticed, of course, but I noticed when you talk about the best quarterback in the division, you did not mention the new name in the division, Nick Foles. What do no. you see happening there? Um, honestly, I think Nick Foles did great coming in as the relief pitcher for the Philadelphia Eagles. But one thing I wonder is, are we going to see the repeat of what happened when he left the Eagles the first time? And for those that don't remember, he played for the St. Louis Rams. Of course, he plays for Jeff Fisher. <laughs> a lot of people call down here in Tennessee, they call him Phil Gold Fisher. Mm-hmm. That name still rings. But anyway, I wonder what's going to end up happening when he when he's not with the, he's not with the Eagles again. And I wonder has he learned from those issues of the past, and can he keep the mojo going, or Will he revert back to what happened when he left the Eagles the first time? So I can't really necessarily pick them to be like, oh, okay, cool, they can run away with this division if Foles, you know. But I, I got to see what Foles brings because I'm not saying he's as bad as their quarterback last year. But I mean, I I, now, I, will I can't say, say he'll be this outstanding either. Now I'm not saying now I, by no means am I saying that Foles is a superstar. He's not that guy, but. Having been watching him in Philly since his rookie year, I all, I was always of the opinion that if you put a good balanced team around Foles, he's good enough to win with. Now, that being said, what happened with the Rams is a real thing. He did not look good in the, with the Rams at all. But you mentioned the one thing that we do always have to keep in mind, Jeff Fisher. I mean, if you look at when he had Jared Goff, people thought Jared Goff was a bust. When he had Case Keenum, he was nobody. Then Case Keenum goes to the NFC Championship game the next year. When he has even Sam Bradford looked better, who the injuries have cut his career ceiling, have lowered the ceiling on his career, but he played better when he was away from Jeff Fisher. How much do we do you think we have to take that into consideration in evaluating Nick Foles' potential? I mean, you still have to take that somewhat into consideration. Of course, you know, he did have some ugly offense while we were here while he was here in Tennessee mm-hmm. and in St. Louis and of course uh, as well. But you know, you have to still take that into account because, you know, the fundamentals of playing quarterback and, you know, those type of things, they don't leave you once you change teams. Uh, the scheme may change, but your fundamentals don't change. And of course, you know what's between your ears is always the biggest uh, thing that that'll carry you in any situation. Absolutely. All right, so let let's hop out of the AFC South, move around the conference a little bit. Um, let's jump to up to the north a little bit. You actually, I believe, wrote an interesting article about Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Um. I am one who definitely still has questions about Lamar Jackson's ability to, to 
survive at quarterback mm-hmm. in the NFL, specifically being able to throw the ball downfield. But overall, that AFC North is shaping up to be a very interesting division this year. What are you seeing happening up in the North? Well, I see Pittsburgh is going to probably show up, but it'll all be dependent upon how uh, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, handles being the number one uh, number one wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Cleveland, can they meet the hype? Yeah, they seem can, to be everybody's the darling. The biggest thing there is Baker Mayfield because in the second year, you got to remember that teams have had a chance to see you on film. Mm-hmm. Once teams have had a chance to see you on film, then they can make their adjustments. If you can still ball out after they made those adjustments, then, hey, you're there. You're good. But if you're not, then that means, hey, they, they basically took advantage of a defense not prepared for you. No. So that's what I, I wonder there. Okay, as far now, as the Bengals, I mean, they still got Andy Dalton, so I'm kind of like, yeah, <laughs> they won't be a factor. Now, the <laughs> one thing I do wonder about the Browns, because everything, all the reports I'm hearing now is it all seems to be going well thus far. My question is what happens if they lose two games in a row and somebody doesn't get more than three targets in a game? Do you think it still holds together well then in Cleveland? Boy, oh boy, I would love to be a fly on the wall in there because I'm pretty <laughs> sure their coach is pretty fired up. Baker Mayfield's fired up. And you, we know Odell Beckham can be fired up as well as Jarvis Landry. Exactly. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that happens. And honestly, I, I'd love to see it because that will tell you if Baker Mayfield has grown up or if he's still the same Baker Mayfield that has immature uh, tendencies like he did in college. That will tell us right then and there if he's a leader or not. Because I, I honestly didn't expect him to do as well to start his rookie year. And he, he kind of exceeded those expectations. But he still had those immature moments where I'm just like, okay, what is he doing? Why was that even necessary? You know, stuff like that, which, you know, people people let it slide from him. But if it was another quarterback of another uh skin tone, I don't think they let that slide. Like, if that was Lamar Jackson doing that, I'm pretty sure that would be on the, on the cover of us on the first 10 minutes of Sports Center, Easily. I think, honestly, this is going to be kind of a, a, a tricky test for Baker Mayfield because he needs to show a little bit of maturity. He definitely needs to show a level of maturity, but I think he also is going to have to manage a couple of personalities in that offense and how you manage them is going to be the test of how well he's mature. You know, you might have to, you know, you you might, you have to take control. You have to be a leader because I think, you know, when you're dealing with Odell Beckham Jr., someone who can be, you know, who can be a dominant personality, who can be the loudest voice in the room, Mm -hmm. you know, you need your quarterback at some point to say, Hey man, I'm behind the wheel. I'm driving this, you know, I'm driving this car. And I guess you have to be able to manage and, I guess, to a lesser extent, control an Odell Beckham without, you know, without being drawn down into, you know, come without coming down and coming down to his level, I guess. Does that make sense? Well, 
Well, I would say this. Uh, Beckham's just a, Beckham is a passionate guy when it comes to playing mm-hmm. playing sports. Sure, he may let it boil over sometimes, but he's a passionate guy. Passionate guy about playing football, and you know, I'm sure, you know, people give him a bad rap a lot, but I think he's definitely a passionate guy about football, and I think he's more about winning than is anything. So I don't think necessarily he'll have too, uh, a ton of issues as long as they're winning. They're not winning. Of course, he's probably going to be like, well, what do I need to do? Maybe I'm not getting enough chances to make plays for us to win. Stuff like that will probably come up. And then also another factor in uh, the Brown season, Kareem Hunt comes back later in the season. Mm. So when everything can be riled up, you know, they could be calm. They, you know, they could everything could be smoothed out. And mm. then Kareem Hunt comes in. And, of course, you know, the media circus is going to be around him when mm. he comes back. All right, so that's two divisions in the AFC down, two more to go. Um, we're not going to keep you too long. We know you're a busy man, but let's hop out west to the, in the AFC. We got the Chargers, the Raiders. We got the Broncos and the Chiefs. Now, for me, I will say this quickly. The Chargers are like, how can I say this? For me, they are the Atlanta Falcons of the AFC. Now, I'm not sure if you know how I feel about the Atlanta wow. Falcons, but the Atlanta Falcons are a team I frequently, and I will say it again this year at the start of the season, too. I'm sure too. you're going to say it The Atlanta show. Falcons are frauds. They, what I mean by frauds, I don't mean they're a bad team. I mean they're a team that can do enough to make you think they can be capable of being really good, and then they'll disappoint you in the end. And, <laughs> So the ultimate tease is what you're saying. Exactly. That's how I feel about the Falcons <laughs> and the Chargers. I will say that in a year of working with you, mm-hmm. that is something, that is a point that you have driven home multiple <laughs> times. At no point in my history of knowing you have you given the Atlanta Falcons a lot of credit. They, they've always been frauds. And then right after that has been the San Diego, oh, excuse me, the L.A. Should still be in San Diego Chargers. <laughs> now, now I will tell you this real quick before I before we get to the AFC West, Mike. I'm the guy who, when the Falcons were up by 28 points in the field in the Super Bowl, looked at my looked over at my cousin who was sitting the game watching the game next to me and said, "The Falcons are frauds," and then they blew that game. I I never have any good <laughs> expectations of them. And, and and for me, I like, got and, and for me, real quick, because I know because I, I know you're up against it, but. To me, Phillip Rivers is the greatest fantasy football quarterback of all time. That man will get you points all through your season, all throughout your championship. Then when you don't need him to score you points anymore and like actually like win in like real playoffs, not mm-hmm. fantasy football playoffs, you're you're not gonna find Phillip Rivers. Okay. <laughs> uh, you gotta love Phillip Rivers with yes. the shot put throw and the and the he he of uh I'm gonna tell you what, I wonder uh Never mind, man. I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> but what I can say about the uh, the Falcons, I had the same experience when they were up twenty eight three. I was like, I don't know. I just don't, I get a bad feeling. That's what I said when they mm-hmm. were up twenty eight three. And what do you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, AFC West, bro, are, is can we just crown the Chiefs in that division now with Pat Mahomes, many people's MVP favorite uh, to repeat, or? Do the Broncos, Raido, Broncos, Raiders, or Chargers have a chance? Well, the Chargers have a chance. Uh, I'll, I'll give them that. Uh, they do have a pretty solid team, but if Melvin Gordon is back there, then they, their chance goes down. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, 
you know, and it doesn't look like they want to pay him. So, you know, eh, so that kind of brings him down a notch. Oh, well, from what uh, I'm as hearing, far as he's the, turned down an offer in that 10 to $11 million a year range. So, yeah, he turned down a $10 million a year deal. And, uh, I mean, I understand from both sides that basically the way it goes with, with uh, Gordon. Gordon, you know, he's got, he's understanding that, hey, this could be it. I could be 30 before you know it, and they still don't pay me. And a running back So I need to get this money short, now. Very short shelf what's life. Up? Right, exactly. So what, what's, so, what surprised you more, Melvin Gordon taking that stand or Zeke Elliott taking the stand? Honestly, it doesn't surprise me with either one of them. Mm. I was glad that I was glad Elliot took that stand because he needs to be paid more. Uh, I'm if, glad he took that stand. If he's not yeah, on out. that team, if you notice the time that uh, he set out set out those games, mm-hmm. that did, did you notice that Dak had like two or three games where he had two interceptions or more? Mm-hmm. Worst stretch of his career. When he was out. Yep, yep. So that's why that tells me right there that Zeke is needed, and I don't care what Jerry Jones or Stephen Jones play to spin it. They need to pay that man. Pay that man. No, you don't. That is the focal point of your offense, and you you know it is. Eagles fans everywhere are saying, nah, man, don't pay that man. Don't pay him nothing. Hey, Zeke, sit out. Well, actually, it might help you if if they do pay him because, you know, a lot of times when people get paid, they they aren't the same player afterwards. So that might actually help you. I'd rather him just not be in the game. (laughs) But but But, uh, But I guess, like, the Chiefs, I mean, Mm -hmm. mean, we're all just crowning them right now. But they, you know, is it that simple? I think the Chiefs will have some issues. I do like the pickup of Carlos Hyde they, they made. That is a great pickup for them. Mm-hmm. Got him for cheap, too. So that was a great pickup for them. But uh, I like the Chiefs. They I mean, they upgraded safety. They got Ryan Matthew playing safety and Jettison Eric Berry. So, you know, which I, I that surprised me when that happened. I was like, wow. I couldn't believe they got, but I mean, you got to go with the guy that's healthy, and unfortunately, Eric Berry is a guy that has not been healthy. Great talent so when he's I able to play, think, but right, exactly. So I just wonder. In my mind, I look at the Chiefs' pass rush because they they their their two starting defensive ends or pass rushers are gone. One's with the 49ers, got traded there. And that's a uh, D Ford, mm-hmm. and the other is with uh, the the Colts right now. So I just wonder what their pass rush. I know the inside pass rush is going to be good with the uh, the defensive lineman in the middle. His name escapes me right now, but uh, yeah, I know their inside pass rush will be good with their outside pass rush. I no no, not Terry Poe's with the uh, with the Panthers. He's with the Panthers. But uh, yeah, it's uh, the kid from Mississippi State. I cannot remember his name right now, but he's big kid. I think his last name is Jones. And he uh he actually had uh, double digit sacks uh, playing uh, playing in the interior last year, mm, so okay. that guy that guy can get it done. I'm just questioning what's going to go on on the outside of that defense. So we'll see what happens on the edge. I should say on the on that defense. That's the question mark I have for them, along with you know corners, uh, corner cornerback play. We'll see what happens. But the Chiefs are still the favorites there. I I, I can't deny them that. Okay, now. Before we get, oh, can you... we talk about the? Can we talk about the uh, the Raiders and uh, you oh, know, and, uh, yeah, Mr. Mr. Antonio Brown <laughs> looking like his feet are like cracking apart? Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Honestly, if it honestly, if Antonio Brown dyed his hair blonde, uh, you could say he was actually maybe trying for you know the Demolition Man uh, sequel <laughs> and playing like Simon Phoenix in mm-hmm. that movie. 
Because, I mean, you know, he kind of does look like Simon Phoenix with that hairdo. He, he does. But uh, did you watch Hard Knocks? I haven't watched Hard Knocks, but I can guarantee you that, that uh, Antonio Brown is trying to be must-see TV. Mm-hmm. And, that, uh, and then I heard that Mr. John Gruden is, is like, soiling himself over Nathan Peterman, which <laughs> that's sad. I, you know, uh, that see, I understand you got to – when you have – an NFL preview show. You got to be meticulous in what you talk about. You know, you got to you got to attack it from all angles. I am not ready to break down Nate. I'm not ready nor am I really that interested in, in the prospects of Peterman. I think I've seen everything I need to see from yeah. Peterman at this point. Exactly. Yeah. He is I got two words. I got two words uh when it comes to Nathan Peterman. Uh-oh, let's let's hear it. Bad football. You want to see bad football? Nathan Peterman, that's your guy. Bad football. That sounds about right. Hot garbage. Trash Yo, player. I'm trying to be nice. You ain't got to be he nice. Was, he, but, but he was playing in uh, but he was playing in Buffalo, so I gave him a discount there on a little bit playing in Buffalo. But then again, I still can't believe they said Tyron Taylor for this guy, and he comes in at those five interceptions in the first half. <laughs> what behoved them to think of that? And they, and they, 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 they. Uh, I don't know, but did that did that blow their 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 potential playoff chances? Doing that, it absolutely did. <laughs> and I guess what, oh, what, what gets me is how he's able to convince coaches to almost throw it all away for him. Whereas oh, you know, uh, it, it's, it's not where coaches you watch <laughs> him play, and yet. NFL coaches, NFL head coaches, men who are paid millions. Maybe he's a great practice player. He's got to be like United's in practice. Nah, he can't be. He can't be. uh, I see. I bet he's on Daniel Jones's level. You know, throwing throwing passes and hitting reporters on the sidelines. But uh, you know, honestly, I, I I have a theory about how some bad quarterbacks stay in the NFL. I have a theory. Bless us. Let, let us they know have, they have one. They have. Oh, I got two. They have one coach that they're tied to, that they're always cool with, that they do everything, and maybe they may, maybe they get get uh maybe they get their wife to make that coach brownies and stuff like that too. <laughs> you know that basically you're know, like okay, cool, you're my guy. Mm-hmm. Anywhere you go, I'm gonna go with you. Same <laughs> thing is probably true with Mark Sanchez, but uh, so it's near. You know, I digress. Maybe so. Or, or, or they could have. The, or, or I'm going to go with the Marvin Lewis theory, where they know where the bodies bar- are buried, or they know where that. Or Jimmy Hoffa is buried near their stadium, and they know that. How That's the it, only two things I can think of. How does that man find that out in two organizations? How do you go to Buffalo, figure out where the bodies are, and then go right to Oakland and find it? Find the same information. You got Sean McDermott and John Gruden. Over a barrel, John Gruden over here talking about this man like he's going to change the world. I, I don't know, but oh, honestly, boy. I'm not sure how we spent this much time talking about Nate Peter. <laughs> we probably that's, spent more time talking about like him. Three right minutes, I can't get back. Than anyone will spend talking about him all dur- during the Good course of the regular uh, season. I, I hope so. That man needs unless to be, he gets cut. Yeah, <laughs> then you know he needs to be on this show with no, us. That being, <laughs> I mean, I mean, hanging with us, not playing pro football he needs his- <laughs> now that being said we've got one division left in the afc to cover i left it for last because 
I'm not sure how much you're actually even going to have to say. AFC East, do we just the Patriots again? Or is anybody else really ready to challenge them this year? I know there's well, no one thing I want to do. Uh, yeah, they got Benjamin Watson, though, but he'll be out the first four games because he uh, basically had retired. And next thing you know, he took something that was on the bad substance list, came out of retirement, and now he's been in four games. It was like, wow. It's almost as bad as Steven Jackson getting tested one day after he, uh, I mean, one day, uh, he signed a one day contract to retire as a Ram and he mm-hmm. got, he gets tested for, <laughs> for, uh, banned substances and he's retiring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, I would say this, I'll, I'll, oh, geez. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, as far as, uh, the ASC East, yeah, that definitely is the Patriots invitational. It's still going to be the – then you got Adam Gase going from the Dolphins to the Jets, <laughs> and I'm still trying to understand what was happening there. But he did get gifted Le'Veon Bell, so that, that actually uh, may help that team be better because Le'Veon Bell is definitely a game changer. Although, honestly, uh, that may be a source of contention. I, From what I've heard, the Le'Veon mm-hmm. Bell contract, and Gase not wanting to pay a running back that much money is what the got the Jets GM mm. let go. So that's true. With that being said, I'm not sure exactly how well Gase and Le'Veon are going to get along. Like, well, I know they're both going to try to win games. I expect them to be professional, but mm-hmm. I don't know how well they're actually going to get along. Well, they're going to get along because Le'Veon Bell is going to get him wins and save his job, knowing darn well he should have never had that job to begin with. <laughs> so that's what I think they'll get along. As the season goes along, I'll be like, he'll probably be like, well, I may not like that GM, but he sure made a great pick for me. That's the only thing I can think he can say. Uh, oh, and one thing I didn't say about the, the Ravens going back to the AFC North I didn't say about uh, Lamar Jackson. I didn't give him enough credit for being a student of the game and working hard. And a lot of the uh, reports out there now that he actually looks, you know, you can see the maturation or the growth. And, you know, a lot of people compare him to Michael Vick. Mm -hmm. Michael Vick himself said he wasn't that, you know, hard a worker uh, in terms of on his game, you know, when he first was, you know, getting in the league. He wasn't something he did until until he got to Philly with Andy Reid. Right. Well, Lamar Jackson is the the opposite of that. Lamar Jackson is a gym rat, and he works hard. So I expect him to grow and get better probably. You know, that's where I think the comparison stopped okay. between him and Michael Vick. The physical ability similar, the dedication to perfecting your craft completely different. Right. Okay. Now, we're going to get you out of here, but before I do – you you teased us a little bit earlier. Said you had something about the Eagles. I gotta ask, what you working on something new, or you have a story for us? No, no, I don't. Doesn't necessarily have a story. I just want to say the Eagles had a steal of a pickup this off season from the Chicago Bears. Mm, Jordan no Howard. That would be correct. I think that was by far one of the best moves they made this offseason. By yeah. far. Oh, I would absolutely now you agree. Got a, now you got a bruising running back that can take it to the house as well, and you you basically weaken the Chicago Bears, which I don't know what they're thinking about going with Tariq Cohen as their number one guy, I believe is what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. He's a nice change but, of pace back. 
but I don't know that yeah, you can I take the beating of a full game be your for the back, full though. season. Right. That's why I don't understand. I like Tariq Cohen, and I wish him well, but you need that big bruising back to go along with him. Now, they've got a rookie that they're bringing that they're pretty high on, the Bears are, but I, I don't think I would have traded Jordan Howard for a rookie. No. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not ready to do that. And Jordan Howard, he's motivated right now. He's highly motivated. And that big, that fast, and motivated, that's scary. Uh, absolutely. Moment of silence for the a- NFC East if he gets it rolling and gets the carries he needs. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what that like Eagles that. offense can oh, do yeah. this year. Oh, yeah. They have the potential to be really fun should they stay healthy. Yeah, that's a big thing for Wentz, you know, uh, staying healthy. Wentz I'm still and, trying to figure out. Jason you know, Peters I, as well at that left tackle spot. Heck, you got to throw my boy Derek Barnett in there too because uh, he wasn't healthy last year either. Yeah, he he's, he's missed some time over his career as well. And this is mm-hmm. probably – the year that the Eagles actually are needing him to be good. The first couple years of his career, the Eagles had a rotation at that defensive end that didn't require mm-hmm. as much out of Derek Barnett. So he's kind of been able to fly under the radar. This year, that's mm-hmm. not the case. They're going to need him to step up. Now, well, One thing I will tell you about him, I'll, I'll give you this about him. He's a guy that's passionate, and he's going to play hard. Uh, I've I've seen Derek Barnett play, play since I was a, uh, you know, he actually went to the same high school I did. Okay. So, I so I've I've known of him for a while now. He's going to play hard. He's going to play physical. He's going to he's going to give you max effort every single play. The thing I would say I want to see growth out of him for is just uh, a variation of moves. The biggest thing the shoulder comes off the line you know does those type of moves you know you know to get to the quarterback but if he changes up those things kind of adds a little bit of varying you know different styles to get to the quarterback i think he'll explode even more and also remember in his third year at tennessee that's when he really kind of put himself on the map and he passed uh passed uh, reggie, reggie white, white for total sacks yeah okay well mike Patton. I really appreciate you coming on with us. Now, we got to get you out of here. Can't I, take I, up too I, much more of your time. I know. We could talk to Mike all show. Oh, absolutely. Man's full of knowledge. <laughs> exactly. Right. And, you know, I like to think I'm right and could do all this analyst analysis myself all the time. But yeah, No, that's an understatement right there. <laughs> I think I'm right. That's that's I, I, I do. That's classic Mike Jones right there. <laughs> but... Mike Patton. Who Mike Jones? Who Mike Jones? <laughs> oh, yeah. I admit every I had time to do Mike puts time, out a new article. Don't, don't, get his, don't get him started. And I, you know, <laughs> I don't just retweet your articles, Mike. I actually am reading all of them, and you give out a lot of good information. So when we decided to do our football show, you were one of the first names. I said, let's call Definitely. Mike, see if we can get him on. Definitely. I thank you for coming to join us. Yeah, well, I appreciate it, man. And you definitely mentioned the Nashville Voice. So you can always catch my work there, or you can catch me at uh, sportsawakening.com as well. All right. We will be looking for you and continue to share your work. It's good stuff. Appreciate you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Peace. That is Mike Patton from Sports Awakening and Nashville Voice. Let's take a real quick break, and when we come back, let's talk a little more football. Uh-huh. I mean, we got another I, guest I shouldn't, ready. I shouldn't even say let's talk a little more football. We're going to do a lot, lot more football, oh, yeah, and we got another football. guest ready to go after the break as well. Oh, where are we at? 
Jeff Mosher. What? Oh, yeah. Mosher's ready to go. Mosher's back on the show? Mosher's back. He wants to talk to us? He wants to talk to us again. We're going to have fun on this this show. Does he know he's talking to us? He knows. He's ready. (laughs) All right. We'll be back. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. James Lewis. There's so many people walking around with the Best Buy polo. Then you have the Sprint people. Then you have the Geek Squad people. Then you have like Geek Squad. the Cox, like the Geek the Cox Cable people. Right. So there are 38 people walking around at Best Buy doing absolutely nothing. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. Can we say No, we can't. Buy? We can't say that. We, okay. we, we cannot say that. Okay. Uh, we shouldn't say that. Okay. I'm, I'm not saying that. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning, starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we are back from the break. We I told you before we went to break, we've got a packed show, got another guest with us. We can't be, when we get into football, mm-hmm. when we get into football, baby, it, it's just, it, it's an event. We just get rolling, start talking, talk. Maybe a little smack talk, a little bit of analysis, a little fan ish. You know, we it, it's just it's it's a problem when we talk when we start talking football. Mm-hmm. But you know, if we're talking football, got to bring in friend of the show, good guy Jeff Mosher, ninety-seven-three ESPN Radio in Jersey, host of the Inside the Birds podcast, and a Philadelphia Eagles writer for what. Going on 14, going on 15 years or something like that now, Jeff? Yeah, the grays and the beard are starting to reveal <laughs> that. That is true. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. man me, they're, they're well earned from years of experience, lots of knowledge gained. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Is, is it a problem? Is it a problem when we start talking football like it is when we talk Carmelo Anthony? I'm just wondering. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> You, look, you don't want to get on Jeff Mosher's bad side. Jeff Mosher will walk up on you wherever you are, man. <laughs> I was on Market Street a couple weeks ago. I'm, I'm just chilling. <laughs> my, you know, mine and my, I'm on Market Street just chilling. I'm on Fourth and Market, just just hanging out. I hear my name get called. I'm like, who knows me out here? <laughs> it's Jeff Mosher and Adam Kaplan. They walk up on me right mm-hmm. there on, on Market. I was scared. I thought I was getting shook. <laughs> Man, I thought they was gonna, you you about to run your pot. Yeah, I was about to. I was about to get <laughs> Mosher and Kaplan run up on you on the street. I was ready to give up. I was ready to give up my wallet. I thought I'm like, look, man, look, I got kids. Please don't do this to me out here. Oh man, is, good is stuff. this the, is this the, is this going to be the barbershop skit now? Coming to America, and, and that's where I say, that's where I say, man, you ain't never met no Adam Kaplan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. He walked up on me, punched me in my chest. He said, "Oops, I thought you was somebody else." <laughs> exactly. Who's next? Who's next? Exactly. Oh man. <laughs> but all right, so Jeff, we're gonna. 
Yeah. We're going to start with the team we really want to talk about. Exactly. I, kn- I know John's itching to talk about this. We're, we're, we're all Eagles fans. Let's go. Philadelphia Eagles. There's a lot of talk. I've heard people refer to them as the most balanced team in the league. People are expecting an MVP type season from Carson Wentz. Super Bowl or bust is the standard we've heard set by many people. What do you see from the Philadelphia Eagles this year? You know, I'll just say what was said to me by somebody uh, within the organization. And uh, to paraphrase what he said was basically the only thing that should stop this team would be injuries or our own selves getting in the way. And that's really true. Um, they're very deep at a lot of important positions. Funny, we mentioned Adam Kaplan, who I do the Inside the Birds podcast with. He's right now in the middle of his uh, annual training camp tour where he goes to, uh, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11 different teams. And last week he was doing it. He's, he's on the West Coast now, but he was on the East Coast last week. He went to the Jets, the Bills, the Giants, and somewhere else. And he said a couple of, uh, uh, during a couple of his stops, you know, somebody from uh, a team that he was visiting would come up to him and make some chatter, you know, talking about an executive or a coach. Mm-hmm. And they would all, they would say to him, you know, you know, the Eagles look really good and more so than good. They just look really deep. And, and that's what you see right now. Um, a deep, deep team at really important positions, like running back, wide receiver, defensive line, offensive line, secondary, so last year, you know, I thought they were a really talented team last year as well um, for a team that just won the Super Bowl, trying to defend the crown. But obviously their injuries were all funneled at the same position. They had so many running back injuries. They had so many of those Z wide receiver injuries and then mm-hmm. cornerback injuries. Um, this year, yeah, a couple guys have gotten hurt, but it's a little bit spread out. And as long as they don't have that kind of rash of injuries that decimates one or two positions, uh, I think they're built to withstand even the the kind of the, the normal set of injuries that you get every year. They're they're just good. Now, let, I have to ask: is it can't with a salary cap all be perfect? The linebacker right. position. Do you think that the linebackers at the linebacking core as constructed right now will be able to get the job done? Um, well, yes and no. I mean, I think that the first thing the coaches are going to do, and you're seeing it a lot in training camp already, is scheme around the linebackers. And the way they've done it in the past is just by putting more defensive backs on the field, more safeties who can play linebacker-like roles, like Malcolm Jenkins has done, like Andrew Sinbejo. Um, he can he can play a box or a deep safety. I mean, he's mostly going to be a deep safety, but they bring in Jonathan Cyprian, a safety who's more known for hitting like a linebacker and playing in the box. So it wouldn't surprise me if they kept more safeties than normal to use as hybrid linebackers in certain nickel and dime packages. And that's really nickel and dime is what they rely on now more so than base, which is three linebackers. And, um, you know, I guess the way to combat that would be if there's a team that just wants to come out with two tight, two blocking tight ends and a big old running back and run the ball down their throats and make them counter with three linebackers. And then you'll have Nigel and who knows who the other two will be, whether it's Zach Brown or whether it's Camus Gougier Hill when he gets healthy or whoever it is. But this is not a league where teams really want to do that anymore. They don't want to play 
1985 football and come out in the eye formation and jam it down an opponent's throne. Everybody wants to pass. So even though the Eagles are deficient at linebacker, I think that they are deep in the safety and hybrid positions where they can be effective in their nickel and dime. And they probably, and I thought they did a decent job of stopping the run out of nickel last year. So I'm not as worried about it, but you certainly don't want to see them lose any more linebackers and get really thin at that position. Now you, uh, you brought up uh, Gruje Hill and his, mm-hmm. in, his injury to start the season. How worried are the Eagles of that? How, how, Scared, uh, since they scared, but how concerned are they with that injury, or are they pretty confident he won't miss a lot of time? Well, it's 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 a good question, and I think that they were in, they're still a fact finding mission right now, JB, on who the, their main linebackers are going to be, and I I think Camus, with his experience and with his emergence over the spring camps, was a guy that was going to merit a lot of consideration to start, perhaps. I mean, when I say start, to be, I'd say more so to be a nickel linebacker along with Nigel Bradham. Those were going to be your two linebackers on the field whenever they were in nickel. Whether it's dime, it's probably just going to be Nigel. And when it's three linebacker base formation, that's what they're trying to figure out right now. Maybe Zach Brown in the middle with Nigel on the strong side and Camus on the weak side. So there's two packages there, base and nickel that Camus was probably going to be a part of. But this is why they went out and got L.J. Fort, who was a good coverage linebacker for the Steelers last year and earned his playing time first on injury, but then on merit. Um, They kept him in there because they thought he did a good job. So if they like him this camp, then he can be the nickel linebacker alongside Nigel Bradham. Uh, In base, where Camus would have been the weak side, it looks like that they're are very pleased with how Nate Gary is playing. He's a guy that they drafted with a safety at Nebraska. It's year three now, so it's time for him to kind of either you know put up or shut up. And um, There's a kid that they brought in from CFL, Canadian Football League, named Alex Singleton, who I'm really going to have my eyes on in these preseason games because he was Defensive Player of the Year as a linebacker in Canada. And then the kid they drafted out of Wisconsin, TJ Edwards, where you know Wisconsin likes to run the ball and practices against that. So, I mean, they've got these options for different packages so i do think yeah they're concerned but let's i don't want to sit here and make kgh out to be like luke keekley or anything like that (laughs) i mean the best you were hoping was for a guy who was going to be a nickel linebacker maybe most likely but maybe not okay now um my next question for you not specifically about the eagles but eagles related with Everything that's going on in Dallas, Zeke talking about holding out, contract negotiations and all that, do you believe that it's the Eagles' division to win this year, or do you expect Dallas to make that an interesting race? I think the Eagles are, to me, the favorite to win the division, whether or not Ezekiel Elliott continues his holdout. I think the Eagles are deeper. I think they're more talented overall. It's kind of funny Adam Kaplan and I were doing an Inside the Birds a couple of weeks ago during the dead period, and we basically went through every single position, all eight positions, you know, running back, quarterback, wide receiver, um, tight ends, offensive line, defensive line, secondary, and we graded who had the best in the division, and whoever did had a, got a four, and who had the worst got a one. And when we added it all up at the end, after giving out grades for certain positions, Dallas finished with a higher grade. But the problem with doing it that way 
Yeah, and that surprised us both. Mm-hmm. We both felt that the Eagles were the better team, and only after the tabulating did we realize Dallas had more points. But the problem is you can't take all eight positions and weight them equally. Like So whoever has the best quarterback compared to whoever has the best, say, linebackers, well, quarterback is way more important in this league than linebacker. So even though Dallas with, with um, you know, Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith and mm-hmm. Sean Lee got the highest linebacking score, that's equivalent to the Eagles getting the highest quarterback score. But we, we all know that you would take the higher quarterback any day of the week. So I, I, that's a roundabout way of me saying that I do think Dallas is good. Uh, I think the Eagles are more talented. I think they're deeper. And I think that they're about a game or two better than Dallas, as we sit here right now, before injury set in, before who knows what happens. I just think that they're they're stronger. Okay, well, if that's the case, well, looking around the NFC in general, I see the NFC North could be anybody's division. The NFC West, you got the 49ers who were on the way up, the Rams who were looking to come back from a Super Bowl loss. And the Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson, who always seems to find a way to compete and keep it interesting. Mm -hmm. The Saints and Mm -hmm. Falcons, Panthers in the South. The NFC looks to be very interesting this year. What teams, two, three, maybe four or five, I'm not sure, do you think really have a legit shot other than the Eagles to compete for the NFC crown this year? Um, All right, well, let's break it into the division. I I think in the NFC South, I think if Atlanta stays healthy and they have man, if they stay healthy, they do have really good players and they could be back up top like they were a few years ago uh, when you're in the Super Bowl and then the next year they go beat the Rams on the road in the in the wild card round before coming here and losing to the Eagles in a game that honestly they had a chance to win at the last second. Who knows what happened? So they're really talented. I think that they can legitimately make the same type of run. Um, I think New Orleans will get that kind of a nod because they're in New Orleans, but there's just something about them now. You know, they have Mike Thomas, they have Alvin Kamara, and you kind of look at their weapons after that and compare them to other teams who have, you know, five or six different weapons. And mm-hmm. You say, I don't know, can they just do that all year long, just ride Kamara and Thomas? And uh, I've seen, you know, Drew Brees and, Drew, and Sean Payton do it before, but there's something about them that makes me wonder if they're not headed for a little bit of a step back um, in the NFC North, man, Green Bay didn't make the playoffs last year. It's hard to see Aaron Rodgers not making the playoffs two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Got a new coaching staff. So that's a team to me that can jolt from whatever they did, win seven or eight games last year to, you know, 13 this year if everything goes right. I also think Minnesota is a team that, if you know, they, they strengthened their offensive line, which was a problem. It was basically their main problem last year. Mm-hmm. Their defense to me is still, still very stout. So I like them. You mentioned Seattle as a team that, you know, no matter what happens, no matter what they lose, they always seem to be be there. But I, I just, from an overall top to bottom strength of team, and by the way, I'll just throw it in there now. I think the Bears are more likely not to make the playoffs than make the playoffs. I'm just mm-hmm. not a big Mitchell Trubisky guy, and I feel like they feasted on a last place schedule, and they're really going to come back crashing to earth a little bit this year. I mean, I, I'm, they have good players. There's no doubt about it. They're strong in the trenches. Um, they have their, they're doing, you know, interestingly at running back now, it's kind of a committee who knows what, but they're, now they're putting their chips on the table, Trubisky, and we'll see how he commandeers their, the team and navigates the schedule. And now that they're playing the first place schedule, but you know, again, uh, the Eagles, Atlanta, New Orleans, 
um, Minnesota. Those those four teams look really strong to me right now, and, and maybe a Seattle and a Green Bay in there. Now we just had uh, we just had Mike Patton from the Nashville Voice and SportsAwakening.com on the show. He made a point about the Chicago Bears thinking basically laying out that he believed that they made a huge mistake letting Jordan Howard go. He thinks that's going to bite them in, basically bite them in the ass. Do you believe that? Do you agree? I'm never averse to a team letting a player go, especially if that they don't think that player is the perfect fit for their offense. But I'm, I always say if you're going to do that, you really should make sure you have a, a decent enough alternative. They signed Mike Davis from Seattle, who is a decent running back. They still got Tariq Cohen, but Tariq Cohen is not built as good as he was last year. I don't think he's built to be a lead ball carrier or a primary running back. And then they drafted, um, why can't I remember? Is it Montgomery, the running back from uh, David Montgomery, I believe, mm-hmm. yep. is the guy that they have really high expectations for to be one of those rookie running backs who comes in and takes over the league. That's what I'm pointing out, is that they're, they're putting – their chips on the table and the Mitchell Trubisky to turn into more of a pocket mobile pocket passer and, and lead this offense in the absence of Jordan Howard. And I think it is going to be difficult for them. I understand why they moved on from Jordan Howard. I, I think Jordan Howard's a good running back, but the stats from the first two years, you know, John Fox just pound the ball, pound the ball off and kind of maybe make him look a lot better than he really is. Um, you know, but, I do think that it's going to be a struggle for the Bears to kind of find their offensive identity unless Mitchell Trubisky all of a sudden really takes that step up and he's now one of the top three or the five quarterbacks in the league. Now, question since JB brought up Jordan Howard, do you expect him to be the Eagles starting running back for the entire season? I'm hearing a lot of buzz I'm, around the rookie I'm, Miles Sanders. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by this dynamic because – you have to look at everything with not just a, a football sense, but a business sense on, on how you use players, what their futures are, whether you keep them. To me, as we sit here today, Jordan Howard is your lead ball carrier. Miles Sanders is going to get time in, just like when LaShawn McCoy used to get time in, even though Brian Westbrook was on the team. Mm-hmm. They would work LaShawn in uh, as he learned pass protection, blitz pickup, concepts, other things. Uh, Miles Sanders is, as we see here today, I think he's going to play that that role where he gets in there at times and um, as the season develops and he fine-tunes what he needs to, then he kind of comes the three-down running back eventually. But uh, there's something to be said for how well he's looked and how good he's looked in practice. And if he plays these four preseason games and the coaches sit there on uh, you know two or three days before cut-down day and say, you know what? He's really good at everything we've asked him to do. He can even pick up the blitz. He can he can control that part of the game. You know, he can read defenses. He's a really smart kid. Then they have a problem because if he's your three down running back, then when and where are you going to use Jordan Howard? Are you going to just relegate him to the bench or be a goal line back or a part time back? That's where the value doesn't match the the um, the role. And so and I don't, I'm not saying this is going to happen, and I'm not predicting it. I'm just really kind of bringing up a hypothetical scenario where Miles Sanders is that good prior to cutdown day. They may have to consider trading Jordan Howard because 
if you he he's going to be of no value to you to get a comp pick or anything if you're if you're going to sit him on the bench and have him collect dust all year long. So it's an interesting dilemma, but I don't think that hypothetical scenario will play out. I do think that in the end he will be on the team and you know start off as lead ball carrier. But as the season goes on, I, I definitely think that Miles Sanders, as long as he picks up everything, will become their three down back. Okay, well, Jeff. I really appreciate you hopping on with us. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know you are a very, very busy man. I just was glad that you were. Man has like 75 <laughs> jobs. Man works everywhere. You know, I'm not mad at you. You'll see this man, you know, he, he's, he's hanging out there in Atlantic City. He's got, you know, he's got the podcast. He's got, you know, he's got his hand in everything. Jeff, Jeff oh, I'm just trying to be like you guys. Oh, well, you don't want to be like us. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. But you, thanks again for coming on, Jeff. We really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Next time, we'll try not to you make it a whole year it before we do it again. Look, all Jeff all Mosher right. has to he'll find us. I told, you he found, I told you he found <laughs> me on 4th and Markey. If Jeff Mosher wants on the show, he'll find us. One day, he'll just knock on the door and be like, oh, who's that? It's, it's Mosh. <laughs> well, I'll be looking forward to it. <laughs> Jeff, thank you, you thank you, my friend. Take care. All right. All right. Once again, that is Jeff Mosher, good friend of the show. Always good to have a sports shop alumni on the show. Oh, absolutely. One of, one of the sports shop founders. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He found us. Exactly. He found us. And, and, and people haven't forgiven him for that since. <laughs> people are still mad at him about that. Like, you... You put you help put these two fools together. Yeah, him and Shander. Yeah. They're the reasons we work together now. Exactly. So blame them. <laughs> all right, let's take a real quick break. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up, all right? All right. Sounds good. Cool. We'll be right we'll be right back on this edition of Offense, Defense, and Discourse. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash BITW Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. James Lewis. I've never lived in a city like Phoenix where the downtown is not the center of the city. The, what's popping is out in Scottsdale. That's where everything's popping. That's where all the five-star restaurants are in Scottsdale. The best clubs and towns are in Scottsdale. The best mm. spas are in Scottsdale. If anything, they need to build the arena in Scottsdale and move everything from downtown out to Scottsdale. Yeah, they building the then white castles. A, then you have an elite in franchise Scottsdale. next to them. Next to them, carved houses in Camelback Mountain. That's where everything is popping to me from what I've white seen castles in my two years. It's coming uh, to yeah. Scottsdale. I will be there. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo squad. Next to, the, next to the spot is like eight hundred dollars. It don't matter. It don't matter. I'm up, I'm up in that piece. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.
All right, everybody, we're back. Thanks for sticking around. Mike Jones, John Brown, offense, defense, and discourse. Now, JB had a big, had a fun show so yeah, far. Yeah. Mike Patton's been with us. Mm-hmm. Jeff Mosher's been with us. Yes, sir. And see, the thing is, when you get guys like that, they have that kind of quality information. Mm-hmm. You kind of got, you got to let them go because I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what kind of stuff they're going to give us. Yeah, those are two guys who've been on this show. Multiple times, always a good, always a good find. Always got good information. Mm-hmm. But and, and they great information. I, I love them. Want to have them both back as as much and often as possible. Mm-hmm. That being said, we haven't gotten into what you and I see happening this year. Okay, you know, and it is you and I show. This is this so, is our show. So, I mean, the show is called Offense, Defense, and Discourse with Mike Jones and John Brown. Exactly. And we haven't gotten Mike Jones or John Brown's opinions yet. So let's do it. All right, let's go. Let's get right into it. AFC, we're going to go, let's go with the East first. Okay. I mean, AFC East, Patriots are the Patriots. They're the beast of the East. You'll never believe me, convince me that someone else is going to win that division until it actually happens. I feel like, you know, every year you go into a... You go into an NFL season. I think one thing that the, what makes the NFL product so popular is the storylines. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they try and force a storyline on you that if you're a hardcore football fan, you look at it and you're just like, nah. Yeah, I know better. Yeah. And I feel like the, the powers that be want you to believe that the New York Jets will be something that something to watch this season. I mean, they they've got they, Le'Veon they got Le'Veon Bell. They brought they got, in Adam Gase. Yeah, yeah. Say say, say that sentence again. Try to say they, it with a straight. They brought face. in Adam Gase. You can't even say it with a straight face, dude. <laughs> but you they got, won't, but you the got whole, Sam Darnold going into his second year. He showed some signs, some things. He did some things well last year. He wasn't a bust. Wasn't a bust, but I mean that really doesn't say much. They say you're not a bust. That's just like, like hey man, Sam Darnold is really not awful. I mean Josh Rosen out in Arizona has already been replaced, so mm-hmm. he hasn't had that happen yeah. to him yet. Yeah, but but still, I, I, do you feel the same way? Do you feel like because I I feel like when I'm when I'm watching these and. NFL preview shows. When I hear people talk about the AFC East, I I feel like they want you to believe that the Jets are going to compete for this division crown. When you know, do you want me to be honest about this, JB? Go ahead. I'm gonna be honest about JB. Go ahead. They do this for the same reason I asked the question about the Jets. Mm-hmm. Can they compete? Will they make it interesting? Mm-hmm. It's no fun. It's not fun radio. It's not fun TV to mm-hmm. just say. You know what? The Patriots are better than everybody in the division. That one's already over. If we come out and say that, what are we going to talk about for the next six months? I, I don't. I it's don't bad for business. It to is us for, bad for business. That, that's the one case where it's bad for business to us for us to just come out and tell the truth. That division's bad. The Patriots are going to run through it. We'll see them in the playoffs. Yeah. That's bad business for us. But despite all that, you know good and well. I know it. I mean, you know it. Yeah. But. I, you, they're not going to say it. Mm. They want you to watch the games. They want you to be interested. Yeah. They can't tell you, yeah, these guys are bad. Nobody's going to compete. You you and but, I don't get a paycheck from any of those companies, so we can just be real. And, and we are. The Patriots but, are going to win the division because that division is bad. Uh, but the, the people that trash. create most of these storylines yeah. that you're talking about, you you know where they They have TV deals yeah. and some sort of deal. They're getting yeah. a check from the league. and yeah. they, want, they have an actual interest in people – 
finding these storylines compelling. They have a fiscal interest in mm-hmm. that. So that's what they're going to get from them. Jets is trash. Buffalo Bills. Dolphins and Bills, they don't matter. Trash. Jets, you might see them take a step forward this year, but I don't expect them to really compete for the but division. But it's a step forward from trash then. So it's – it's eh. Trash, like – they went from being like trash, trash to, to being like waste paper basket. <laughs> trash, trash cans. It, it's still going to end up in the landfill, but yeah. you know, yeah, pretty much. It but, doesn't smell quite as bad, <laughs> you know. I, I guess. <laughs> I guess. All right. Um, let's move on. AFC North. AFC North. Mike Patton believes that this is going to be the uh, the, the Steelers. Steelers' year. Do you agree with that? I think the Steelers have the most proven quarterback, Mm -hmm. which goes a long way. Mm -hmm. I think the Steelers have, well, I can't say hands down the most accomplished coach because Harbaugh was a very good coach with a ring under his belt as well. Mm -hmm. But the Steelers have the most consistent system. The the Ravens, I still have questions about them at quarterback, Mm -hmm. but if Lamar Jackson does take that next step forward, you know, we hear he works a lot. He he's a a gym rat, as Mike put it. Mike Patton put phrased it. Like if that's the case, Baltimore could be interesting. Their defense is good. Their running game is solid. If Jackson can throw the ball consistently, they're a threat in that division. And the, the Browns yeah. are the wild card. I always thought the Ravens had a good. One thing you you notice about the Ravens, I feel like the Ravens have always had a, a good culture, mm-hmm. and this goes even far. This goes even. Uh, before before Harbaugh, when you're talking about Billick, because you, when I hear stuff about Lamar Jackson being in the gym, looking at the tape, you know, studying tape, think I I think back to Ray Lewis because that was a big thing for Ray, mm-hmm. and I remember Ray, I believe I it was an interview, might have even have been in one of the first uh, that remember that very first season of Hard Knocks now. Yeah, I do. Now, with but, the Ra- with yeah, the Ravens, yeah. But well, well I guess the po- the point I'm making is Ray Lewis was always a big uh, uh, tape guy, and he got that from Shannon Sharp. And then, as Ray became the leader of that defense, he made Ed Reed a tape guy, who then in turn made Terrell Suggs but, a tape guy. No, but so, see, there, here's the thing, and that's exactly where I wanted to go with this with the Ravens when you brought this up. The Ravens, I don't. In, in, yeah, Shannon Sharp, Ray Lewis, mm-hmm. Ed Reed, mm-hmm. all those guys. Yeah, I mean, and we're and, talking and, and 20 they, years ago. Terrell still. Suggs, yeah. lots of guys over the course of these 20 years. But a large chunk of that, for me, mm-hmm. has to start at the top because you're looking at multiple cultures over that, yeah. over that stretch, yeah. multiple players. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that was well two things ownership of course mm-hmm. in having a clear vision on what kind of culture team you want to have mm-hmm. and then recent re- recently retired a longtime GM Ozzie Newsom he did a great great job in bringing in Ravens guys mm-hmm. you know guys who fit the mold and wanted to put in the work and carry on that Ravens culture and while he's not there now, you are still seeing the long-lasting imprint he had on that team in helping build the culture. Agreed. It's similar to what the Steelers have had going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like The Steelers have had, what, six head coaches in their history? 
Mm-hmm. That's not very many. The how many the, the Browns have had six head coaches in the last what ten years? About Maybe the, less. About that, you know. They they've had six in their history. And when you get a head coach, you know he's a Steelers guy. Mm-hmm. And I, in the recent 20-year history of the Baltimore franchise, I see a similar th- type yeah. of direction for the team. We're 20, 20 years, three head coaches. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And two of them have Super Bowl wins. Yep. Very defensive-oriented, run-the-ball, smash-mouth, old-school football that mm-hmm. you need to play in cold, bed- bad-weather games in Ohio and Pittsburgh in the AFC North in the playoffs. They have a vision, and they stick to it. Mm-hmm. I admire that. That being said, do you think the Ravens could compete in the AFC North? In the AFC North, yes. I believe that, th- I believe that this is the Steelers and the Ravens. Ravens, they will battle it out. I don't. You don't, you don't have the Browns in it. No, no. I think they're a year away. Okay. I think they're. I, I don't think. I think that they will definitely be better. They will improve on last season, but I think they're not by, re- just not ready. They're yet. just not ready yet. Is that the quarterback, or is it more than that? I think it's. It starts with the quarterback, but I also think. I think. It's going to be him needing to mature. I mean, just it's, it goes back to what I said with uh, So it's not that he lacks the ability. It's just not re- not in that step of the process no, for the development no. for him. I, I, it's, not that, it's not that Baker Mayfield is fugazi. It's not like he's a fraud. But you're, he still has the job of turning around the Cleveland Browns. So even with all the, you know, you, you can put – all the X's and O's or whatever. The fact still remains is he's trying to do something that basically has not been done in 20, 25 years. What, Bernie Kosar? Yeah, that's, that's how far back we're going. You know, that's how far back we're going. That's how long, that's the culture of, you know, we talk about the culture of teams like the Steelers and teams like the Ravens. What kind of culture has the Browns had over the last 20-something years? I mean, they did have that one year where Peyton Hillis led the league. What did you just say? Start (laughs) start that sentence again. They did have that one year. That's a losing culture (laughs) mentality. That's a loser sentence right there. When you're talking about your when you're talking about your team's culture, if a sentence about your team's culture starts with well, they did have that one year. That that's a sentence that just reeks of loser. What now? Let, let me give you let me let me give you a, some insight of right now what's happening in this studio. I'm looking at Mike Jones right now. Mike Jones is crying. Know who else is crying? Cleveland Browns fans. <laughs> <laughs> because that, because the reality, you know, you might say, "Hey, you might say, hey, Brown, you no. being kind, you kind of, no, you kind of harsh." From laughter, for the record, I understand, but still, the fact of the matter is, there's still tears in your eyes, just like there's tears in the Browns fans' eyes, because that's what they're, because they can look at what I'm saying. You can say I'm being harsh. You can say, "Hey, man, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about." Fact of the matter is, the proof is in the pudding. Browns have had a losing mentality. You can't have; a, they've had a losing culture. So to say, hey, are they ready to turn that corner yet? I don't know just yet because I feel like I've always been consistent in the fact that I I lean towards history. 
We talk about that in the AFC East, giving the division to Tom Brady and the uh, and the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I am not convinced that the Browns won't brown at some point at some point this season. You know, there are too many there there are too many parts. You know, there, there, there's a lot of personalities, personalities, a lot of new pieces, new pieces, new coach, new everything. For drama, there's the no Odell Circus, exactly. the Kareem Hunt Circus when he there, comes back. There's absolutely no reason yet to believe that at some point in this season, over the next 16 games, the Browns won't brown. They have to show me that they can play 16 seasons without the Browns browning at some point this year. And I just don't think that's going to be – that's not to say that they'll be the, the, the trash team they've been so many t- years in the past. I think, I think you'll see – you'll watch the Browns and say, hey, these guys got some pieces. I think Baker Mayfield could be a player in this league. And when I, when I say a player, not just, hey, playing the game, I think at some point in time you will have a conversation about the best quarterbacks in the league and you will include Blake Baker Mayfield in that conversation. Okay. I'm, I just don't think it's going to be the 2019-2020 season. All right. And then the Bengals are just going to – I mean, yeah, yeah. Andy Dalton's still their quarterback, so. Yeah. Yeah. Poor yeah. A.J. Green. Exactly. Injured this year, but it's it's been a long road in yeah. Cincinnati for mm-hmm. him. Long road for AJ Green. I, right. I commend him. It's like like guys like AJ Green, Larry Fitzgerald, teams that you know, guys who spent lots, you know, the bulk of their career. And those you Larry know. Fitzgerald got to a Super Bowl. Yeah, he got to play with a real quarterback. True, for some of his career at least. Mm-hmm. But there, there's also been some. There's some been lean. some bad years. There's some bad years. There's been some bad years yeah. for Larry Fitz in Arizona. Yeah, but like, like he's, but he's at least Larry Fitzgerald has tasted he's, the, the he's other tasted side. Some success, and that might even make it. That might even make it worse. It might. The fact that he's been there. He's early been in the career. He, he knows, had yeah. Kurt Warner and yeah. Anquan Bolden on yeah. the other side, and they were running up and down, putting up points mm-hmm. on people and. Super Bowl contenders every year, and yeah, then yeah, now man, you're yeah, not. Yeah. Yeah. AFC South. AFC South. Houston. Somebody's got to win that. The Titans. The Titans I have in, honestly, probably finishing last place. At that you think so? I do. Okay. I, I trust their combination of quarterback and weapons the least. Mm-hmm. I that's it's something about that the way that team is built mm-hmm. that for me I don't see them being able to get past that six seven win hump this year in their do you think in their division do being you, their yeah. division being tough. Do you think it's the quarterback? I think it's sixty five percent quarterback, but I wouldn't put it all on Mariota. Mm-hmm. You know, there was mentioned that Delaney Walker is going to be back, but I don't know that beyond Walker you have a true collection of weapons, skill players around him that he needs to be successful. And it's just he himself is inconsistent. Mm -hmm. Going into his fifth year now, you usually hope by – 
third year as a starter, mm-hmm. maybe the fourth, that you are at that point where you can really see, okay, this guy, he's the real deal. He's a consistent winner in this league. I haven't. I know Ms. Mariota has the physical ability. I don't know that. I don't yet know that he's able to put it all together consistently. That's what I'm waiting to see out of him. And in year five, I don't know that I will see it out of him. It's not impossible. Drew Brees was a guy who early in his career while he was in San Diego, inconsistent, mm-hmm. didn't didn't really flash the Hall of Famer that we see now mm-hmm. until probably that last year when they drafted Phillip Rivers. And at that point, they had already decided to move on from Brees. Yeah. So... It was, I guess, for me, and when Mike talked about the fans' attitude towards Mariota, where it's now he's in that make it or break it year, mm-hmm. and I guess it kind of surprised me because I thought it was soon, it was too soon. Well, but then, when, but you you pointed it out. Like, it's year five, it's year five. first year is number two pick. He's in his fifth year options. I don't believe they extended him yet. Mm-hmm. So this is absolutely a make it or break year for him because after this season, you're looking at got to pay him, got to franchise him, or got to let him go. No, no I mean no, but you're, you're right. You got to make a decision. Yeah, you, I mean, I guess this coming to this season, it kind of snuck up on me. Mm-hmm. Like like oh wow you're at the point where you now have to make a decision on Mariota so it, it the the reality of it kind of snuck up on me when Mike brought it up when he said hey man fans are ready to this is the show me year but no you're you you are is, absolutely this right this is this decision time they have to decide by the end of this year one way or another what, are we looking to keep this guy long term or do we need to move on so my question to you is. My question to you is: They fin- you said six and seven for the uh, excuse me, six six, six or and, seven wins, something six like that. Six or seven wins. Mm-hmm. What are you doing with Mariota? You six you you finish the season six ten six and ten last place in the division. What are you doing with Mariota? You moving on? Where's my draft pick? If my draft pick is top seven, mm-hmm. I'm moving on. If my draft pick is top ten, I'm likely to move on. Mm-hmm. If my draft pick is 15-ish, which it probably won't be if you only won six games, it's likely to be significantly higher than that. But hypothetically, if it's in that 15 range, I've got to think about it. I may seriously consider the franchise tag or try to get them to take a one, two-year prove-it deal, Mm -hmm. something that gives me a little more time to put a transition plan together. But if we finish, if I'm the Tennessee Titans – and we finish last place, I'm thinking about moving, moving on. on. I'm likely to want to move on. So you you got Tennessee in the, uh you got Tennessee in last place. Mm-hmm. Personally, me. I think this is gonna be a dogfight between Houston and Jacksonville to win this division. I agree. I, I don't I I am not convinced that you are going to get 14 to 16 games from Andrew Luck this season. And that is my concern as well. Andrew yeah. Luck's health. He's missed significant time over the last several years. Mm-hmm. Last year, by week three or four, he started to look like Andrew Luck again. Mm-hmm. And then now we're at an offseason and we're hearing reports about injuries. Calf and his injuries. Calf. And, yeah. So, Andrew Luck, for his sake, 
I want to see him healthy and do well. Mm -hmm. You never like to see guys injured. But at this point, with the questions already coming out, I'm not willing to put stock in him. Now, if he does end up staying healthy for 16 games. Yeah, then it's a three-team race. It's a three-team race. And honestly, if it's a three-team race and he's healthy, they have the best quarterback in the race. Agreed. Which makes it very, very interesting for him. Deshaun Watson, he's close. Mm Mm-hmm. He's ready. To t- he looks ready to take another step this year too. I expect Houston to be good. Their defense, Watt, JJ Watt, older mm. injuries piling up on him at this point in his career. Mm. Clowney, the contract situation. Who knows if he'll even be there by the time you get to the season? So there's a little bit of turmoil there. I'm actually picking Jacksonville to win that division. Their defense, really? Is, their defense is stout. Mm-hmm. They have a good running game. They actually have a decent receiving core. You would just never know because prior to this year, because Blake Bortles was the one throwing to them. Mm -hmm. But I expect Jacksonville to be a 10-plus win team this year. They have made a significant upgrade at the quarterback position. And I think we, we can have the debate. We don't necessarily need to have the debate of whether or not Nick Foles is a game-changing, you know, uh, stud quarterback. I don't think he has to be in Jacksonville. No, but that's the point that I'm making. Nick Foles is not going to lose you games. Exactly. And that's and that might be what they need. You have a very stout defense, yes. like we mentioned, a good running game, Agreed. decent receivers. Agreed. And one thing you absolutely know about Nick Foles is the moment is never too big for him. No. So you have a defense that's going to keep you in games, keep games close, a running game that'll keep you in games, keep games close. Mm. Nick Foles could put together a game-winning drive down the, last, down the stretch of a game. We've mm. seen him do it. Yes. And he looked quite comfortable doing it. Mm. He doesn't panic, doesn't get nervous. No. Nick Foles knows how to win football games. No, he's not Tom Brady. He's not Aaron Rodgers. But he's, you don't need him to be. You don't need him to be. You don't need team. him to be. I think at this point, at this point in time, the only question about Nick Foles is can he play at least at that level for sixteen games? But and I think, I think he can. I think he's in a situation that will allow him to do that for sixteen games. And I think the formula for Jacksonville will essentially be. Score 17 points and you win because the defense is going to be looking to hold people under 17 mm. points every game. Agreed. So with that standpoint, you're not ha- asking Nick Foles to go out there and score 30 points a game. Mm-hmm. He'll be, I think he'll be okay. Give him two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Two touchdowns, two, get me two, on a field goal range mm-hmm. once, we'll be all right. Yeah, exactly. All right, real quick, AFC West. Chiefs and three other guys and three teams? Honestly... Is the AFC say, West is I'm gonna say something we haven't heard tonight. Okay. AFC West, Chiefs are absolutely the favorites. Mm-hmm. They are the favorites and they should be. Tyreek Hill gets no discipline from the league. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid should be able to it won't be Kareem Hunt, but make do with the running game. He'll figure it out, yeah. But as was mentioned, there's questions about their pass rush, questions about the defense. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, as great as Patrick Mahomes was last year, 
I don't know that he could play at that level every year when the people have tape on him for a full year. Mm. I don't. I'm not saying he'll be bad. Yeah. I'm not saying he's going to fall off the cliff or something like he was a, you know, flash in the pan guy. I'm. I don't think he was that. I think he's a legit NFL stud. Mm. That being said. He's still a second-year starter that people have now a full season of tape on. You think he comes down to earth a little, a little bit? A little bit. A little bit. Okay. A little bit. Okay. And But they still win this division. That's what, Now, see, that's what I'm about to say next. There's another team in the division that has what should be a really good defense with a really good pass rush. They have a solid running game manually, and – Oh, they have a Super Bowl-winning quarterback who people seem to be down on. But the same way we just talked about Nick Foles, if you put a good team around him, Mm -hmm. he can find a way to win games. Joe Mm -hmm. Flacco in Denver is, believe it or not, the best quarterback situation they've had since Peyton Manning retired. Oh, yeah, easily. And I think Von Miller and guys on the defensive side are going to be excited to have a chance to win games again. Mm -hmm. And I think they'll make it interesting. I do think they'll be they will make it interesting, mm-hmm. and with them, the Chargers and the Chiefs being able to beat up on each other this year, it wouldn't surprise me to see a ten-one Broncos team sneak out of that division with the, with a division title. I I honestly think that division is going to be a, a race to eleven wins, but I could see a ten-one team like the Broncos with a good defense if their running game shows up this year being able to compete. Yes, the Chiefs are the favorite, but I would not write off the Broncos just yet. Okay, just to recap. You got the Pats winning the East. Mm-hmm. You got Steelers winning the uh, North. Mm-hmm. Okay. Writing these down. Yes, I'm using a pad and some uh, and a pen right now. You have Jacksonville winning the uh, South. And I will burn that pad and pen by the end of the night so that there will be no evidence of these picks. Oh, no. (laughs) Look, it's on tape. All right, you got Jacksonville winning the South? I do. I have Jacksonville winning the South. Okay. And you have Chiefs. uh, No, excuse me. You said you have uh, Denver winning? I I said I have the Chiefs as the favorite still, Mm -hmm. but I expect the Broncos to make it very interesting. Okay. All right. All right. I have Pat once again. Pretty much, we're we're on the same page here. Mm-hmm. I got Pat's winning the uh, Pat's winning the East. I got the Ravens. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Baltimore winning the uh, North. But I agree. Uh, you know, in fact, I'm gonna go Houston winning the South. Houston, Houston. I'm gonna go Houston winning the South. But I also agree that KC is going to win the West. All right. All right, so that's the AFC. That's the AFC. Let's go NFC. Let's start with the West. You got the Rams, the Niners, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. Seahawks, they always find a way to compete. The 49ers, Jimmy G. Back healthy. Well, Mm -hmm. at least back from injury. Back from injury. We'll see how healthy he is, how ready he is to play. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the Rams coming back from a Super Bowl appearance, a mm-hmm. Super Bowl loss, which is for many teams is tough to bounce back from. Mm-hmm. But they do have a very young, very talented team at this point. And 
You don't know what to expect from their running back this year, though. No. After the way last season ended, maybe the summer off, some treatment, some rehab, he feels rejuvenated. Or maybe he's just at that point where his knees as a running back are giving out. I don't know. So because I don't know, and he is the engine that drives their offense, similar to the way the running back of Dallas drives that offense, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to go 49ers. Really? 49ers. Uh, I look at the 49ers as in fact, I can't even say I look. I was going to say I look at the 49ers the same way I look at Cleveland, not necessarily as far as culture, but as far as expectation. Whereas they have to show me they can do it. And I don't even think they're there. I don't even think they're at the, the point where you can you can at least ask them to show you. I, I, I agree, but I do think if Jimmy G is healthy – they have an advantage in that they'll be playing a last place schedule. That is true. That is always something you got to factor in the schedule. You play. You can only play who they put in front of you on the schedule. Mm-hmm. But not everybody gets the same schedule either. That is true. That is true. I still, for me, I still believe that this is the Rams' division. Mm-hmm. I still believe that it will well, be the the Rams at the end. Well, it's not a last place schedule because Arizona was technically last place, mm-hmm. so they have the last place schedule. But it's a third place schedule. Mm-hmm. It's it's not the Rams' schedule first place. It's not the Seattle Seahawks' schedule who oh, got so. into the playoffs mm-hmm. last year and were a wild card team as well. It you know it's a team that finished the, the year with what five six wins after Jimmy G got hurt. Mm-hmm. Their schedule's not going to be the toughest in the league. No. And in a division that should be competitive, a couple of the top teams are going to beat each other up some. And the 49ers do have some talent on that roster. I think the Rams take a step back this year, largely because I don't think Gurley is going to be able to carry the load he has in previous years. Seattle, the Legion of Boom is gone. And I, I just don't. I think it's about the end of that run. Any team, any run. The end of the Seattle run? Yeah, yeah. I think they're about at the Anybody not named Belichick and Brady, eventually your run comes to an end because no other quarterback is going to take half what he's worth every year to let let team keep a you know, qualities unit around him. Agreed. So Russell Wilson, he's he got paid. Yeah. He got paid. You know what happens with teams when they do that. So agree. I still I guess I I just think uh even coming back down to earth. Even as the Rams come back down to earth, I don't believe they're going to come back down to earth so much that they're going to give this division away. So, I understand I hear what you're saying about San Francisco. I still believe I still have the Rams coming out of the uh NFC West. Now, now full disclosure, mm-hmm. I just don't like the Rams. No, I so, I, so I might be a slightly biased against no, them. You I, know, I, I usually try to be objective. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm going to be honest. When I may not be completely objective, mm. I just don't like the Rams. I understand. I don't like the, the fact that Sean McVay gets a coach of the year before Doug Peterson, mm-hmm. but he hasn't beat Doug Peterson, and Doug Peterson has a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. No, I understand. 
I, I mean, you're not wrong. You're, you're, you're not wrong. I, I don't like that people talk about Jared Goff like he's a real dude, even though, in my opinion, Carson Wentz is much better and a much smarter quarterback who actually reads defenses on his own instead of having a coach in his ear until they shut off the headset with 15 seconds left on the play clock. Mm-hmm. I, that's just me. But they're not a bad team. I'm no. not saying they're a bad team, but no. I just don't like them. No, I understand not a lot. I don't like that Aaron, everybody says Aaron Donald is better than Fletcher Cox. I don't like that. Because he's not. So, you know. He's not. I, I'm slightly because, biased. Yeah, say, say it. He's not. And that's just how I feel. I understand. I understand. All right, look. NFC South. Go ahead. Tell us right now why you believe the Atlanta Falcons right, stop, are going to win. Stop. Stop. Ah. Stop. I have the Saints winning the division. I think Cam has a better season than last year. He's an every-other-year kind of guy. I got Saints winning the division. I got Cam looking a little better. Who else has we got in that division? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. And the Atlanta Falcons. So Tampa Bay, they still have Jameis at quarterback. Mm -hmm. He's just a bad decision-maker, in my opinion. You know, you got Bruce Arians down there now, the quarterback whisperer saying he just needed a better team around him and all these things, try to get his confidence up and Mm -hmm. maybe it works. I don't buy it. At this point, I think Jameis has proven he's just a bad decision maker. Mm -hmm. On or off the football field, he's just a bad decision maker. And then there are the Atlanta Falcons. Do you you need me to say it? No. You you need me to say it? You have said it enough. The Atlanta Falcons are frauds. Go ahead, say it. Frauds. Frauds. Atlanta. Frauds. Atlanta. ATL. Frauds. Hotlanta. Fun city. Falcons are frauds. Okay. May I say something that will surprise you? Mm Mm-hmm. I say that I say this. I know this might shock you. Tampa Bay will win the NFC South. Ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you listening to the show today. John Brown will be finishing out the show by himself. Wow. I have nothing left to say. All right. Well, look, man. Let me. Let me. This is. I cannot. And I will not dispute the case that you made against Jameis Winston. It's he has proven it. There's a reason why you said it. The reason why you said it is because of the last four seasons of football that Jameis Winston has given you. However, I do think that Bruce Arians will help Jameis Winston become a better quarterback. I think you will see better quarterback play from Jameis Winston. I think they will. I think he will work with Jameis to put less of a burden, less of an onus on him to go out and win games. Because I don't believe that you can teach him to be a completely better decision maker in one summer. But I think he will put him in this, he will put him in situations where he has to go out and win games for them 
I think you'll see less of that. More of a dependence on the running game. More usage at the tight end position. And I think you will see better play from Jameis Winston this season. And I think who is their running back? Why are you asking me? Look, man. I'm just one because you said more dependence on the running game. I'm just wondering if there was some running back that you could depend on down there that I missed. They're running. They're going to run by committee. They're going to run by committee. Nonetheless, I believe that Tampa Bay. I think NFC South is wide open. I think you're going to see the Saints and the Falcons and. The Panthers beat up on each other to a point where, in the end, you are going to see Tampa Bay there at the end. But all these same teams that you think are going to beat up on each other, they're no, no. all going to beat up beat on up. Tampa Bay. <laughs> Tampa no. Bay has to play on all twice, too, and they're just going to get beat up. I don't see Tampa Bay splitting with New Orleans. Mm. I don't see them splitting with the Falcons. Mm-hmm. They could possibly split with Carolina. Possibly, but I don't really see that either. Mm. They could easily go 0-6 in division. You think so? Easily. Okay. I mean, division games are usually tough. People are very familiar with each other, so it's probably more likely they'll end up 2-4 and four in division, one against Carolina, possibly one against the Frauds, I mean the Falcons. But I see them at best 2-4 and four in division play. Okay. That's just – Look, I – I have no problem being wrong. I have no problem. And I'll come in here. Look, I I will come on this show and be like, hey, man, back in August, brother had some aspirations for the for the Bucks. Thought the Bucks were going to come out and do something, and they failed, and they didn't do it. And you know what, John? I will, too. I'm not saying I'll come on here a few months and say I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I will, too. I'll come on and say, say you, you were wrong, wrong. too. <laughs> <laughs> I know you will. I know you, I know you will because if there's one thing you and I do very well, it is celebrate the mistakes of the other. Absolutely. That's what makes this fun. It's, yes. I, I, and look. I, I want you to enjoy it when you were right and I was wrong. Yeah, yes. I want you to enjoy yes. it. Yes. You should. I, and, and, and let me tell you something. I do enjoy when I'm right and you're wrong. <laughs> it's great. It's an awesome feeling. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, it could be a Jeopardy answer. It could be a game. It could be flipping a coin. It could be anything. It could be you and I racing to the door of the car when we're leaving a restaurant. It doesn't matter. I like getting the better of Mike Jones. I enjoy it. Christmas comes once a year, too. So, hey, But look, man, <laughs> every day can be Christmas if you want it to be. But nonetheless, that's what I'm That's what I'm saying. All right? I'm going out on a limb. All right? Limb, man. Hey, man, limb might break and I might fall, but whatever. It's football. It's what we do. We're having fun. I almost right? forgot those medical marijuana dispensaries are open in Pennsylvania now. Hey, hey whatever, man. <laughs> whatever. If we can get one to sponsor us, I'll, I'll, I'll predict whoever you want. Uh, <laughs> NFC North. NFC North. NFC North. You got the Bears, the Packers, the Lions, mm-hmm. 
and the Detroit. Uh, oh, what'd you say? Um, Bears, Vikings. Packers, Lions, Vikings. Vikings. Vikings actually, they worked on their O line. Their defense is still good. Kirk Cousins is their quarterback. But mm. if the offensive line is good and he's protected, he can actually pick you apart, throw an accurate ball when he's not under pressure. Mm. It's when he's under duress that things seem to fall apart yes. for him. The Bears. I'm with Jeff. I think they take a step back this mm. year. Now, with as far as the Packers, can't see them. Uh, see, I, I, I have, a, I have a different again. perspective. Mm. One, I think it's hard to win with the highest paid quarterback in the league. Mm. Two, I don't know that they did enough to put an improved team around them. I think they made some steps to improve, mm. but I don't know that they've done enough. And three. Whether or not anyone actually likes to admit this, Aaron Rodgers has been hurt quite a few times over the course of his career. Mm-hmm. He's, dare I say, injury prone. Do we really bank on him playing all 16 games this year either, himself? Mm-hmm. So, from what I'm seeing, top to bottom, looking at a complete team, I have to pick the Vikings in that division. Okay. You go with the Vikings. I'm. I don't want to agree because I don't like the Vikings. I don't like the Vikings because I think two years ago they had an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. To play in the Super Bowl in their home build, building. They didn't really have opportunity to do that. Yeah, because it got taken from them. Exactly. They, uh, well, it didn't get taken from them. They've never really had it. Okay. They thought they had it. Yeah. But that Eagles team was was meant to be that year. Yeah. But it was a story. It was a story. Never got rigged. And... I thought their fans were annoying. They came to the city. They wanted to be all, do their little school thing, whatever that is. I think that's stupid. Mm -hmm. And then they got mad because they were rowdy and they came out here and we we out-rowdied them. I mean, you come into Philly, like it or not, earned or not, you know what Philly and their fans' reputation is. Mm. And then you go to the Art Museum steps, put a Vikings jersey on Rocky and yell, Skull? What do you think is going, going to happen? happen? Exactly. Exactly. Like, seriously, what do you think is going to happen? And, like, they, you know, to to use the the common phrase of poking the bear, they came to Philly and poked the bear. And then got mad because the bear bit them. Yeah. You, the bear took their picnic basket and ate it all. And got, and, and ate it all. Yeah. And by all I mean they won a championship like, in their building. The only super the only Super Bowl champions in Minnesota in that building are the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, I'm not gonna show up at a Raiders game in Oakland being a fan of the Broncos and right sit, in my mouth talking trash. And then go sit in the black hole. Sit in the black hole and expect to get out unscathed. I'm poking the bear. Yeah. yeah. I know what I'm asking for. But the thing And the, honestly, I think what the Vikings fans got in Philly was far overblown, not as anywhere near as bad as people make it out to be. Mm-hmm. A couple people yelling, a couple tra- little bit of trash talk. That's what sports fans do. Come yeah. on. Yeah. I don't like the Vikings. That being said, 
That being said, I do think the Vikings win the NFC. I, I do. I believe the Vikings win that division. I don't think it gets much farther than that. Yeah, that's they a reluctant that pick. They win the division. Yeah. I'm not saying they win the Super Bowl or yeah. anything, but yeah. that, that's who I see winning that division. NFC East. Listen. NFC, NFC East. East. Now we get to bring it home, close out the show. Yes. All right. Dan Snyder still owns the Redskins. Yes. Eli's still the quarterback of the Giants. And they, it's Eli's still the quarterback of the Giants. They're, they're, they're going into year two of ruining Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. He'll get paid, though. Oh, yeah, he's going to get his bread. Because he's going to have monster numbers. Oh, yeah, he's, he's going to get his like bread. He's going to put like 2,000 yards again this he's gonna year. He's going to get his bread. all-purpose yards. He's he, my, dad, uh, my dad has a saying that he likes to use, especially like when we play cards, when we play space. If you're losing, if you're the losing team, he always says you're running neck and neck with zero. <laughs> That's gonna be that's gonna be the Redskins and the Giants this year. Those two teams running neck and neck with zero. Now the Cowboys, they are a very good team. I hate to say it. I still hate the Cowboys, yeah. but but they're a very good team. Their defense is Tony Romo is home somewhere crying, wishing they would have ever given him a defense this good. The running game, the running game, the running back. They brought in Alfred Morris, and then of course you have Ezekiel Elliott. Should he decide to show up, I, I I'm going to. If he decides to come back from Cabo, he's a monster. I'm I'm gonna say this. I think Zeke gets his bread. I don't believe this whole Jerry Jones. This, I I think this whole Jerry Jones. But, talking see, about they can win without a a running back that you don't need a running back to win championships. Well, I'll, I'll make two points. Or two point one point and one ask one question. Okay. Now you've heard me ask a question about who was the last superstar receiver that won a Super Bowl. Mm. Who's the ra- last rushing leader to win a Super Bowl? Can't think because it doesn't happen very yeah. often. These guys that reset the markets and break the bank usually aren't on teams good enough to win. Mm. My other question about the Dallas Cowboys in that situation with you saying you think Zeke will get paid. The thing is, Zeke, they have under control for more years than Dak and Amari. Mm-hmm. Would you risk losing Dak or Amari in order to make to make a running back happy? But not just any running back. It's still Zeke. I think, and I'm I'm not... I'm not even going to say that this is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I think Zeke gets his bread. I think that in the end, Zeke will get his bread and Jerry Jones will try and spin this in a way that doesn't make it look like he just basically buckled under the pressure. You know, he'll say you know, it was a business decision or he'll deny that he made that claim or whatever. But I think Zeke gets his bread. But in the end, I still believe that the Philadelphia Eagles will win the NFC East. For me, I'm not even going to say the Eagles win the NFC East. Hopefully. For me, I'm going to say the Eagles win the NFC. So you, you got us going to another Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Okay. Barring barring significant injury, mm-hmm. and I do mean significant injury, like we're quarterback, talking, mm-hmm. multiple defensive backs, multiple wide receivers, mm-hmm. multiple offensive linemen, some other than something like that, 
I expect to see the Eagles in February. Okay. There you have it. Say less. I agree. well look, I, I got us one in the division. We'll we'll get to the rest of the we'll get to the rest of that uh later on. We'll, we'll save some of it for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's it's August, bro. <laughs> anyway, hey look, tell if you like this podcast, tell us what you think. Hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, O underscore D underscore discourse. You can also download the podcast at B I T W Sports. Excuse me, SoundCloud.com slash B I T W Sports. Or search on iTunes slash Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. I gotta keep this. Search best in the world sports. My name is John Brown. That is Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Jones. I heard back in the day they didn't want you. Now I'm hot. What happened? I don't know yet. I'll let you know. All right, we'll figure that out, (laughs) and we'll get back with you guys next week. Hey, you guys, have a great weekend. Enjoy all that preseason football you're going to watch. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports.